Okay, if you got your Bibles, you want to follow along, we're going to cover one verse today. I just couldn't get no further. I got to one verse and stopped. Genesis 6.13, and the title of our lesson is, How Many Died? How Many Died? Now, we are going to uh, start today's lesson with a math problem. That's probably the first time you've ever had a Bible study where you started with a math problem. And, and this is the math problem. This math problem was invented like in the 1200s, so it's been around a long, 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 long time. And the math problem is this. Let's say you have a chess board or a checkered board, and they have 64 squares on it. And uh, let's say you put... Yes? That's next week. I, di- I didn't get there. I thought I was going to get there this week, but I... Yeah, whatever I say I'm going to get to, that doesn't mean I'm going to get there. <laughs> That's the plan I have, but the plan frequently gets uh, gets interrupted, right? So we'll get there. We're heading that direction. We're just not there yet. All right, so you got a chessboard or a checkerboard, and on the first square you put one grain of rice, one grain. On the second square you double it, you put two. On the third square you double that and you do four. On the fourth square you do eight then 16, then 32. So basically every square you double the grains of rice that, that was on the preceding square. Everybody with me? Very simple uh, thing. In fact, the, and so the, ant, the, the, the question is, when you're done, when you get to the very last square, how many grains of rice are on that chessboard or that checkerboard or whatever the case may be? Now, the math is, is really pretty straightforward. It's 1 plus 2 plus 4 plus 8 plus 16. Everybody with me? You just keep doing the double all the way to 64. Anybody got any idea? How many think it would be a million? About a million? Three or four million. Anybody think it would be a billion? Anybody think it's a billion? The answer is 18 quintillion, 446 quadrillion, 744 trillion, 73 billion, 709 million, 551,615. Now this is a this is a math problem that's used to teach students about things like the power of compounding interest. That things start growing very slow, but then as you start doubling, all of a sudden it just goes into the stratosphere. Now it turns out that this math problem has something to teach us about theology. And it has something to teach us about the Bible, and it has something to teach us about evolution. See, see, the fact is, today on our earth, it is estimated that we have 7.5 billion people is our population. And, and, and obviously, that had to start somewhere, right? At some point in time, that had to begin. Well, evolution says one thing, and the Bible says something else. See, evolution says it started... Again, they're all over the map, 200,000, a million years ago, someplace way back in time, and there is no flood. Everything has always been the way it is today. And over this time, our population has has grown to 7.5 billion. But the Bible says that about 4,300 years ago, there was a global flood that only eight people survived. And from 4,300 years ago to today, we have grown from eight to seven and a half billion. Now, one of those is right, and one of those is wrong. One of those, the math fits the scenario better. 
Either the math fits the Bible or the math fits evolution. It can't be both. There's a huge time frame difference here. So the question is, which narrative best explains it? And we're going to answer that question today. Let's read verse 13. This is where I got. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Now, as I read this verse, and I had every intention of of, of going on and covering more verses, I got to that one thing, end of all flesh. And as I've told you guys many a times, when I study, I'm always asking questions. Well, what does that mean? Or, or And so the question that I asked here was, okay, how many people are we talking about? Are we talking about a few thousand? Are we talking about a few million? Are we talking about a few billion? God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy them all. So Mike, I want to know, well, how many people does that does that mean? Now, let's be honest. We have very little information about the antediluvian period, which is the pre-flood period, except for what is given us in the Bible. And so we don't have a lot of, you know, we don't have a lot of information about population numbers, but it turns out we actually have very little information about population for any age in history. Um, uh, for example, uh, we got very little data. If, if you went back 500 years ago to the Middle Ages, we got no clue how many people were on the earth. I mean, the, the, nobody tracked numbers. Now, some of you may be thinking about the Roman census back at the time of Jesus. The Romans did try to do that for a short, but it was notoriously unreliable. Uh, it was also very short-lived, so nobody even really looks at their numbers as as being very... Reliable. It's only in the last 200 years that we've begun to track population numbers. In fact, uh, the, as, as we all know, the U.S. Census is mandated by Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution. Our first census here in the United States was done in 1790, and there were just under 4 million people here in the country at that time. And that has, of course, been performed every 10 years as mandated by the Constitution. So in 1800, 1810, all the way up till 2010, uh, we do populations every year. So over for over 200 years, we've been doing populations uh, uh, censuses here in this country. In fact, today, pretty much every Western uh, country in the world or in the Western world does some type of census, and they've been doing that since the 1800s. So what I'm saying here is time has gone by, even though before that we didn't really know anything about populations. Over the last 10 years, we've got a lot of data. And we've got a lot of information about populations, about how they grow. And scientists have been able to come up with these models or formulas to actually predict population growth. And so what we can do today is because we got all this data, we can take these models and, and we can kind of look backwards and say, okay, how would the population have grown 500 years ago? Or how would the population have grown a thousand years ago? Everybody with me? So we can take what we know today and, and look backwards. Now, I want to say this. A lot of people, when I say that, a lot of people would have an objection. They might say, now, wait just a minute. I don't really think you can take the way population grows today and look backwards because things are so different today. For example, most people assume we've got all this technology and we've got sanitation 
and we've got medicine. So today, people, our population should grow faster today than it did back then when they had plagues and wars and pestilence and famines and all of those kind of things. But it turns out that's not really the case. In fact, it's really surprising to most people. For example, I want you to look at a list of the countries in the world with the highest population growth in 2017. And I don't know how well y'all can see that. Look at those countries. They have the highest population growth. You don't see any Chinas, Japans, United States, Holland, France, England, do you? You see uh, uh, countries like Sudan, Angola, Ethiopia, Syria, Uganda. It, It turns out that even today, the people on earth who live in the poorest conditions have the highest population growth. Because And there's really one thing that contributes to population growth more than any other. Anybody know what it is? Babies. <laughs> Babies. It, it turns out that famines and pestilence and wars really don't have that big of an effect. What really affects is how many babies uh, you're having. Population growth in those countries on an average, you're over 3%, which, by the way, is really high. Population in the Western countries are less than 0.5%. In fact, the United States is 0.7%. In fact, I read an article the other day, our birth rate... Does everybody understand you got to have two babies per family to keep the population steady, right? Two babies just replace the two parents. So you got to have two children just to stay static. If you have less than two, you decline in population. If you have more than two, you go up in population. The United States birth rate today is like 1.8. The only reason we're growing at all is because of immigration. If we cut off all immigration, our, 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 we would actually go down because we're not having at least two, two children per family. And this is all France, Italy, uh, England, all across, the birth rates are very, very, very low. Some wealthy countries are actually declining. Japan, Hungary, uh, Italy, a couple others are actually going down um, in, in, in population. So it turns out that countries with the worst conditions, they're having more babies and they're, they're actually growing. And a lot of people assume, well, you know, back then they had all these wars and epidemics and all these kind of things, but it turns out there's not any real evidence at all that those things really affect population growth. For example, look at 1850 to 1950. You go look at 1850 to 1950, that's a hundred years that had the Civil War, World War I, World War II, and the Holocaust. Yet in 1804, we had a billion people in the world. By 1927, we had two billion. By 1950, we had three billion just grew, it it was like the wars didn't even matter. I mean, so it's very little evidence that things like that really have any effect on population uh, whatsoever. Now look, there are a lot of things that affect population growth. Everybody with me? I want you to understand it. This is not an exact science. But yet scientists are pretty, um, pretty confident that their models that they've created can give us a fair estimate of what populations were at some time in the past. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at... A, I'm, going to, I'm going to look at how did we get here to where we are today. Seven and a half billion people. How did we get here? And I'm going to give you two viewpoints, one from a Christian and one from a non-Christian. 
And remember, we're going to talk a lot about some numbers, we're going to talk a lot about population, but at the end, we're going to learn something about the Bible, and we're going to learn something about evolution. The first one I want to give you is from the viewpoint of a Christian. Now, the man I'm going to, uh, that I'm talking about here is a guy by the name of Dr. Henry Morris. And if you've never heard of Dr. Henry Morris, he died in 2006. Uh, he was one of the founders of the Christian, Inst- uh, the Christian Research Society and the Institute for Christian Research. Really a smart guy, um, uh, just did. In fact, all the stuff we see today, answers in Genesis and, and the, 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 uh, biblical museums and the art thing that they've got out. Where's that? Kentucky. All of that, it goes back to him. When he started in the 60s, basically, Christians didn't even know what to say. They didn't know how to stand up and refute. He's the guy. He's the guy that said, I'm not putting up with this. And he started writing books and he got just lambasted and, and ridiculed. But all the things that we have today, all the, the stuff that we can rely on that refutes evolution, all goes back to him. So we owe him a, a great debt. He wrote a book, uh, published in, not wrote several books, but he wrote one book published in 1967 called Biblical Cosmology and Modern Science. I've got a copy of it at the house. You can still buy it on, on Amazon. And in the book is a chapter on population. Okay, And so a lot of the numbers I'm going to give you are from him. Now, he came up with a formula or a model. Okay, Now, again, I'm not, going to, you know, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail of this. But basically, what this formula can do is that if you plug in certain numbers, like the, the, the number of generations that someone lives, the number of average children that they have, he can look at a certain... He can say, okay, if these are the numbers, after certain generations, you'll have this many people. Okay, so it's a pretty well-defined formula. By the way, it does take death into account. So he's not just growing numbers. He's actually assuming, okay, at the same time, people are dying. Everybody with me? So there's this formula that, that does this. So I'm going to start with some very modern numbers to make sure that his formula works so that we'll all kind of get an understanding of what we're doing. And as we start plugging numbers into this, you're going to find some really, really interesting things pop out of it. So let's start with something, uh, something pretty, pretty reasonable. Let's say uh, the value of C equals 2. Now that basically means two boys and two girls. Everybody with me? Okay. And, and we're also going to use X equals 2, which means every parent lives two generations. So this is basically equivalent to saying the average family would have four children, which would go on to have children of their own, and every parent lives to see all their grandchildren. They live two generations. Now, is that reasonable? Sure. It's perfectly reasonable. Four children, and every parent would live to see their children and all of their grandchildren. If you plug those numbers in, after five generations, start with two people. After five generations, you'd have 96 people. After 10 generations, you'd have 3,000. After 15 generations, you'd have 98,000. After 20, you'd have 3 million. After 30, you'd have 3 billion. Everybody kind of see the chess board thing? Notice in the first 10 generations, you go from 2 to 3,000. In the last 10 generations, you go from 3 million to 3 billion. So it starts off slow, but then, boy, it just, it just takes off. Now, when Dr. Morris wrote his book in 1967, the world population was 3.4 billion. 
So he estimated that it took 30 generations to go from Adam to, from wherever we started, right? From Noah and all the way up to 1967 would only take 30 generations. So that's with say this once again, that's with an average of four children and each parent living to see their grandchildren. It takes 30 generations to go from... And, and he just started with two. He didn't even start with eight. If he did eight, it would even go faster. Everybody with me? You could go from two people to 3.2 billion people in 30 generations. Now, here's the key. How long is a generation? Well, a generation, in his definition, and really scientific definition, is the length of time it takes a man or a woman to produce all their children. So let's just assume, very reasonable... That a, that, a, that a young man, young woman get married at, let's say, around 25, and they've had all four of their children by age 35. If we do that, that way the grandchildren will be born by the time they reach age 70. Is everybody with me? This is really important, because I'm not saying people have to live to be 120. They only have to live to be 70 and have four children. So in that, in that example, a generation is 35 years. In other words, I've had all my kids by 30. That's, that's, what, that's considered a generation. Again, very reasonable assumption for our modern age. Would you, would you not agree? That would mean our entire current population in 1967, three, over 3 billion, could be produced in 30 generations. 30 times 35 is what? 1,050 years. You can go from two, having four kids with, with everybody living to 70 years of age, you can go from two people to three billion people in a thousand years. Now that should shock some of you how quickly that thousand years ain't that long. In fact, does anybody see a problem? In his formula, with four kids, you go from two people to three billion people in a thousand years. Well, the problem is that we know that it took longer at least 4,300 years to go from 8 people to 3, to 3 billion people. So it didn't happen in a 1,000 years. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us a couple things. It could tell us that the average family was less than 4. So it took, everybody with me? So it took longer. Or it could tell us that people didn't live to see their grandchildren. So the generations were shorter. So, so let's, let's, let's downgrade our numbers a little bit. Let's adjust our numbers... So the average family only has three children who later have families their own, and each set of parents doesn't live to see their grandchildren. They only see their children. Everybody with me? If you plug those numbers in, in 10 generations, you'd have 106 people. In 20 generations, you'd have 6,680. In 30 generations, you'd have 386,000. And in 52 generations, you'd have 4.3 billion people on the planet. Now... So to get to the world's population in 1967 using those numbers, people only having, uh, families only having three children, it would take 52 generations, but 52 times 35 is still less than 2,000 years. Okay? So even three children per family is too many to get to the number that we have today. But like I said earlier, everybody knows you've got to have more than two children just to sustain the population, right? If you just have, everybody has two kids, you're just, population will never grow. So, because two children just replaces the two parents. So how did we get, according to, to Dr. Morris, how did we get to where we are today in 4,300 years, as opposed to getting in 1,000 years or 1,800 years? 
If you do the math, it turns out that the average family would need two and a half children and a generation length of 43 years. So if every family on average had two and a half children, it would take them a hundred generations to get to where we are today, 4,300 years. Everybody with me? Now, here's what I want you to see. Do you see how reasonable that is? If you started 4,300 years ago, and, and let's say people had 10 children, and one family had 10 children and seven of them died, which back then, that, that happened a lot. Another family had 10 children, but eight of them died. So the average, you'd have two and a half children, right? If you did that, if you had two and a half children that grew to adulthood and had their own children, it would take you a hundred generations to get to where we are today. Absolutely, perfectly reasonable. Here's another way to look at it. If the earth's population started with eight people just 4,300 years ago, it would only have to increase at a rate of 0.5% each year in order to reach the current population. 0.5%. You saw today over in Uganda and, uh, and, and Ethiopia and, and Angola, they're growing at 3%. And they don't have the sanitation and the technology and the medicine. Everybody with me? It's, and they're growing at 3%. You would only have to grow at 0.5% over 4,300 years to get us to where we are today. Very conservative. Again, that's important because even if there were plagues back then, even if there was pestilence back then and violence and wars, a perfectly conservative growth rate of 0.5% a year would very easily get us to where we are today. Okay? Now here's what I want. That's a lot of numbers and I understand that, but here's what I want you to see. The, the population models fit extremely well with the Bible. You don't need 10,000 years. You don't need 100,000 years. You don't need a million years. 4,300 years gets us to where we are today. Easily. Very easily, in fact. You don't have to stretch numbers or massage numbers. Very easy gets us where we are today. Now I want to look at it another way. I was doing some research online and I ran across a guy who used to be an evolutionist. But he's not any longer. But he's also not a Christian. And I thought that was important. I, I wish he was, but he'll tell you. I got no idea how all this came to be. But he says evolution is a joke. I don't, he says, I don't believe in, necessarily believe in God, the, the God of the Bible. He says, I don't know. But he said, what I do know is the evolution numbers are a lie. If you want to look at it yourself, his, his website is Evo, E-V-O, Illusion. Dot org, And he, he writes, but again, not a Christian, but he just, he'll just lay out some stuff for you on evolution. So some of the numbers that I'm going to use here comes from him. Evolutionists tell us that human beings have been around for a, a minimum of 200,000 years. I found one quote from an evolutionist who said this, It took 200,000 years to get to the first billion people in 1804. But in the last 200 years, we've added six and a half billion. Now that's, I don't, I mean, I don't know how mathematically inclined you are, but there's something wrong with that number. He's saying it took 99.9% of the time to get to one billion, and only 0.1% of the time to get to six and a half billion. Okay? By the way, remember, they don't believe in a flood. They don't believe, they believe everything's always been the way it is right now. It's called uniformitarianism. 
Now, we know a lot about population growth since 1800. Remember, that's when we started doing censuses around the world. For example, we know the population has doubled from 1 billion to 2 billion in 123 years from 1804 to 1927. In fact, we know since then our population doubles on an average every 75 years. Everybody with me? So about every 75 years, our population of the world doubles. So one to two, two to four, four to... I mean, it's just, it's just growing exponentially. So just for the sake of the evolutionist argument, let's take that model that, we, that population doubles every 75 years, and let's go back in time. Everybody with me? So we're going to go back 200,000 years ago when evolutionists say human beings came onto the planet. We've been here for 200,000 years. So if you take 200,000 and you, you divide that by 75, that means that the population would have doubled 2,667 times. So it would have started with 2 to 4, 4 to 8. Everybody with me? If you do that math, the number, by the way, it's just 2 times 2 times 2 times 2, 2,267 times. The number you come out with is 10 to the 801. That is basically a 1 with 800 zeros. Now, just so you understand, there are only 10 to the 80 atoms in the entire universe. Okay? Just so you understand. There's only 10 to the 80 atoms in the whole universe. If, if population had doubled for 200,000 years, we would have 10 to the 801 people. Well, that's an absurd number, right? That, that makes no sense at all. And we know, we know there was pestilence and disease and wars and famines and all that back then. So let's just raise that 75 to 800. So let's just, for discussion, let's say... Now, by the way, we know our population doubles every 75 years. You understand that? Mathematically, we know that. But let's just say for the sake of their argument that it only doubles every 800 years. That's 2 times 2 times 2 times 2, 126 times, which is 8, well, you see the number, right? That is 85 trillion, trillion, trillion people should be on the planet today if our population doubled every 800 years. Well, again, that is an absurd number. That makes no sense whatsoever. So let's raise it again. Let's say, okay, we don't double every, every 75 years or 800 years. Let's say we double every 2,000 years. Now think about that for a minute. That means two, pe- two human beings come up on the planet, and 2,000 years later we got four. Everybody with me? And 2,000 years after that, you've got eight. I mean, that's I've heard a slow before, but that's... Somebody ain't getting something, right? I mean, something, something here ain't right. That's kind of crazy, right? But let's just say for the sake of argument, remember, evolutionists say we started 200,000 years ago. Let's say we doubled our population every 2,000 years. Our population should still be 2.5 million trillion if we doubled every 2,000 years. We should be, there should be 2.5 million trillion people on this planet. And there's only 7.5 billion. See, that's still a number that's nowhere close to any kind of reality. Again, even using the most conservative models, evolutionist numbers make, just make no sense. They're crazy numbers. Okay, they're just, they're, they're off the charts. Actually, it turns out to reach our current pop, if we've been around for 200,000 years and we have a current population of 7.5 billion, 
That means we would have to double our population every 6,250 years. Now that, that's insane. That makes no sense whatsoever. Now, what evolutionists will tell you is, well, you know, we grew up and then there was some kind of uh, disaster that wiped everybody out. And then we grew up again and there was a disaster that... By the way, that would have to happen probably thousands of times. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. Okay? Now, at this point, you're saying, Derek, my head hurts, right? What's, what's, your, what's your point? Listen... If you run the numbers, one thing is glaringly obvious. The human race cannot be very old. I, I don't, it, it, you just run the numbers. See, that's what the guy from the evolution, that used to be an evolutionist said. Just look at the numbers. You, we cannot be that old. We can't be 200,000 years old. We, if we were, there, our planet would be overrun with people. It, it just makes no sense. And he just, and he looked at that plus other things and he just said, I, I'm not an evolutionist anymore. He said, I don't know what I am. But you see, the Bible explains it perfectly. Whereas the evolutionist numbers are just ridiculously absurd. You see, the problem for the evolutionist turns out not to be that 7.5 billion is too many. See, for the evolutionist, 7.5 billion is not near enough. The problem with evolution is where's all the people? If we've been here 200,000 years, this place should be overrun, and it's not. See, that's the problem with evolution. See, the Bible, it's not a problem for us because the Bible says we, we, 4,300 years ago there was a flood with a man named Noah and his wife and three sons and their wives, eight people, and it fits the population models perfectly to bring us to where we are today. See, evolution has no answer for this, but the Bible does. Our current population fits perfectly with what would have happened if there would have been a global flood 4,300 years ago and only eight people survived. Again, even making allowances for wars and famines and pestilences and all those kind of things, everything still fits with the Bible, not evolution. Now, let's jump back. Verse uh, Genesis six thirteen. God says, Noah, I'm going to destroy all flesh. I want to know how many people were here then. We talked about what happened afterwards, but what about what was the pre-flood population? Now, according to the records in Genesis 5, there are roughly 1,656 years from Adam to the flood. So you've got 1,656 years. By the way, we just ran the numbers a while ago. If you had four kids... You can get to uh, you can get to three billion people in a thousand years. Everybody with me, okay? But remember, back then the variables were different. If I said today everybody has three kids and they live to be seventy-five, those are reasonable numbers. But back then, those numbers weren't reasonable at all. Remember, Genesis five tells us the average age of the men was nine hundred and twelve years. We know that at a minimum they started having children at age 65, Mahalalel, and at a maximum they could have children all the way up to 500, which was Noah. So they don't have just 35 years to have children. They literally have over... Four, they probably, At a minimum, just from what the Bible says, they've got from 65 to 500 that they can have children. By the way, Genesis 5 tells us over and over again, and they had other sons and daughters. Sons, plural, which is at least two. 
daughters plural, which is at least two. So we know from Genesis 5 that at a minimum, at a minimum, they would have all had four children. Now, that's at a minimum. I think the Bible's just saying they had other sons and daughters. It's not even trying to put a number. I think they had far more than that. In fact, tradition tells us, Josephus, in his works, tells us Jewish tradition, I've mentioned this before, says that Adam and Eve had 56 children, 33 sons and 23 daughters. That's in the works of Josephus. In his Antiquities of the Jews, he says Lamech had 77 children through his two wives, Scylla and Ada. Now, I don't know if that's true. That's just tradition, right? i got no clue. But at a minimum, we know they had four. At a minimum, odds are they had way more, (laughs) right? But we'll use the most conservative numbers, okay? So again, although it's difficult to obtain an actual value, we can use those models to estimate it. One model estimates the population could range anywhere from 5 to 17 billion people. An average there would be... One, one model says if they had like 5 to 8 children, or I forget how many... No, I think that model estimates if they had upwards of, say, 10 kids or 12 kids, there would be 10 billion people on the planet at that time. Another model lowers the number from 5 to 8 children, estimates the population would have been anywhere from 2 to 11.5 billion. Now, the numbers that you're hearing me say are Bs, not Ms. Billions. 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 See, and it only takes, by the way, it only takes six, it fits perfectly with the model. It only takes 16 to 22 generations to get billions of people on this planet. Even if we use rates more appropriate to today, like we did earlier, let's say they only had three children. And they, don't, and they didn't even live to see their grandchildren, there still would have been over 3 billion people on the planet when the flood came. You see, the earth would have been filled with people. And by the way, that lines exactly up with what the Bible says. God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is what? It's filled with violence. See, violence comes through the people. It's filled with it. It's not just here. It's all over the place. Everywhere they've gone, they've taken violence with them. So it, it lines up exactly with what Scripture says. There's one other obvious conclusion from those numbers. If there are 3 billion, 5 billion, 10 billion people on this planet, this has to be a global catastrophe. It has to, and it is. I mean, the Bible is very clear it's a global You'll hear some people say, well, this was just a local flood, and they made a big deal out of it. No, if you got 10 billion people, 5 billion people, 3 billion people, they got to be everywhere. They're all over the planet, and it destroys them all. One question that comes up with me, and again, I, I'm a, I like to ask questions. If there's that many people that died in the flood, 3 billion, 5 billion, 10 billion, where's all their remains? Shouldn't we be digging up bones of people? Well, I want you to remember a couple things. Men are intelligent. Human beings are intelligent, right? They're not like animals. When those floodwaters start to rise, what are the men going to do? They're going to go higher. They're going to go higher. They're going to find something to grab a hold of. Right? That's what, that's what we do. We try to survive. You know, the animals are looking around. They don't know what to do. But men go higher. If there's a mountain, they're going to go up it. 
I'm going to show you, when we get to the Tower of Babel, I, I learned something this week, and I, I couldn't even, I said, well, i got to wait on this. There is good evidence that when they built the Tower of Babel, do you know why they were building it? They were building it so to reach heaven, but they were building it so high in case there was another flood, they'd have something to get up in. And in fact, one of the ways we know that, it says, you know what they used as mortar? Pitch or tar to waterproof it. You read your Bible up, up in Tower of Babel, it says they built it and they used asphalt or tar for mortar. And a lot of scholars think they're waterproofing it in case there's another flood they got somewhere to go to. I mean, that's just crazy, but that's how smart men are, right? Hey, that happened. Let's, we do that today, don't we? Man, it's a disaster. We figure out a way. Okay, if this happens again, we're going to fix it. This ain't going to happen to us again. So, so men are smart. They would flee to the highest mountains. They would be the last to perish. So we would not expect to find them buried in, you know, if, if, if there's a big cave in and all these, this mounts of soil, we wouldn't expect to find them buried in that. We would expect their bodies, once they died, to be float and to, and to go through the decay process and, and all of that. Now, it's possible, of course, that uh, individuals would be trapped. Everybody understand, to, when we dig up a fossil today, that means that, that that human or that animal had to be buried like that. You understand, if it just got, you know, if it was a, if it had any time to get bacteria into it, the bacteria eats it up even after it's buried. It has to be buried so quickly that bacteria has no chance to get to it. That's what allows it to fossilize. That's why it's very rare to, to find things like that. So it would be incredibly rare to find a human being that's fossilized because they, they're not going to get caught in something like that. They, they see it coming and they run away from it. So that's not a problem for us. If we don't find these human fossils from the pre-flood area, it fits with a flood because, again, human beings would try to get away from it. But see, it not only fits with the scenario that we wouldn't find these humans because they're smart enough to get away from it, it also fits exactly with what the Bible said. Genesis 6-7, the Lord said, I will blot out man. I will blot them out. I'll erase them. That's exactly what he did. And he blotted them out. We, we, we probably will find hard... It, I, you know, they may dig some out today and say, well, this came... I don't know. But I can tell you, the Bible says, I'll blot them out. And that's exactly what he, he did. See, it's not a problem. The absence of human fossils is not really a problem for us. Because again, it fits with flood. It fits what the, the Bible said that God was going to do. It's a big problem for evolutionists. Because if man has been on the earth for 200,000 years, then there literally should be billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people that have lived and died. Where are all the bodies at? Where's all the bodies at? Why aren't we finding these people? See, evolutionists can't explain that. They, they can't explain... You know, they can say these disasters wiped them out, but we should be finding some bodies and we're just not doing it. I want to close with an application because we haven't talked a lot about Scripture today and it's not something that I normally do. So I want to be sure we, we get this application. As we move ahead next week and we begin to get into Noah's Ark, and we're going to study chapter 6 through 9, which is the big section on the flood. There's something we need to understand. In these passages, the Bible is giving us a preview of another judgment day. 
It's, it's, it's giving us a preview. Look, there was, when sin was in the world, this is how God judged sin. And we know today sin is in the world and God is going to judge sin again. In fact, we know this because Jesus himself made this analogy. It's not just me saying it. Luke 17, 26, Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah. That's the way it's going to be when I come back. Just as it was in the days of Noah. That's how it's going to be when I come back. So if you want to know what the final judgment is going to be, read Genesis 6 through 9. If you want to know how God is going to deal with sin, read about Noah because just what Jesus said. This is how it's going to be. And we don't want to fall into the trap. I actually read this somewhere. Well, I can see in that day God destroyed the earth because there wasn't that many people. There were probably just a few thousand, but there's no way God would destroy billions. He wouldn't do that. Listen, here is the lesson of the flood. I'm going to put it very succinctly for you. God will destroy all who rebel against Him, even if it means billions. And God will save all those who trust Him, even if it's only a few. Let me say that again. God destroyed billions back then, and He'll destroy billions in the day to come. He saved eight back then, and He'll save... It only matter if it's 80 or 800 or 8,000. I don't know. But He'll save those who trust Him, even if it's only a few. Don't let... You want to know what the judgment's going to be like? You know what God, how God deals with sin? Look at Noah. Look at the flood. Look at what He did on the earth. That's what's coming. God said, I'm not a man. I don't change. This is the way He dealt with it then. And it's a, it's, by the way, it, this is why we should spend so much time looking at this because this is who God is. This is how He's going to deal with those who rebel against Him. He did it then and He's going to do it in the day to come. And we need to understand that and we need to take that to heart. Next week, the plan is, to start into uh, Noah's Ark, Genesis six fourteen through twenty two. Let's pray, Father.